Good evening. You're listening to WNUR 89.3 FM, HD1, Evanston, Chicago. I'm Gabe Shumway, and this is WNUR News at 6. Tonight, the Evanston community looks to bond by roasting s'mores. The biggest snubs and success stories from the Grammys. Northwestern students share their thoughts on the dating scene around campus. And the B-List recaps everything from last night's Super Bowl. Those stories and more coming up from Northwestern University. This is WNUR News at 6. Evanston locals gathered at Fountain Square on Saturday night to chat and roast some s'mores over the warm fire. Gabby Shell went down to see if roasting s'mores really could lead to some more community spirit. As temperatures drop back into the 20s, it's once again time to bundle up and stay warm. Downtown Evanston, a nonprofit devoted to helping Evanston's business district, held their first S'mores on the Square event on Saturday to keep Evanstonians warm in both their hearts and their hands. A week before the event, I interviewed downtown Evanston's executive director, Andy Vick, who laid out his plans to ensure a smooth S'mores distribution. We'll put out four fire pits on the downtown plaza, and then we're going to be providing free s'mores kits uh, for people, and that'll include the chocolate and the marshmallow and the um, graham cracker, and we'll put some other little goodies in a little bag. Like the majority of downtown Evanston programming, S'mores on the Square is a free event, intended to draw as many Evanstonians into the heart of the city as possible. Most of our programming is free, so we want to make sure that everyone can participate. But... Uh, we just want to be as inclusive and inviting as we possibly can and, and hopefully create programs that really resonate with people. But just because the event is free doesn't mean that downtown Evanston doesn't profit. Events like these are designed to draw people downtown and, hopefully, keep them there. It's pretty much just to come and enjoy downtown and have a sweet treat. And ultimately, the hidden agenda is... If you haven't been downtown, this is an excuse to come downtown. Maybe you'll make it a night out, right? So you go to dinner with your family and have some s'mores afterwards. Or if you don't happen to go out for dinner that night, maybe you'll realize that there are lots of different restaurants in downtown Evanston and you'll come back another night. Beyond giving Evanston businesses a profit bump, such events help foster a sense of community from Howard Street to Roslyn Place. So the whole idea is to create community, uh, create a sense of place in downtown Evanston, and ultimately to expose people to downtown and encourage them to come back. With all of this in mind, I went to check out the event for myself and hear what Evanstonians had to say. I arrived at Fountain Square around 6 p.m., and although the energy of the early crowd had dissipated, the music was bumping, and I found plenty of happy Evanstonians to chat with. Events like this highlight the personal quality of the Evanston community, Walker, an Evanston resident and dad of two boys, says. The community's great. Events like this are special, and it's unique, and it's fun to come out. Virtually everyone I talked to had something similar to say. Jonathan Kars and Mikalia Halikias, two residents of Evanston's downtown, agree that events like these help bring the community together. I think it's, it's great that they organize things like get the local community around here. It's very nice. I feel like 
Evanston in general has a really large sense of community, like more so than anywhere I've lived. So it's really cool to have these like events that bring people together. Events like this also help bring Northwestern students into the broader community. Mikalia's sister, Marilena Halikius, a Northwestern grad student was grateful for events like these to get her out of the Northwestern bubble. I'm a grad student and I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm only involved with Northwestern people, so it's cool to do stuff with the Evanston community too. S'mores on the Square not only brought the community together, but it generated interest for more downtown Evanston programming. Many of the people I talked to expressed plans to come out for Thursday night's Love Local Chocolate Crawl, a night of free and discounted chocolate and treats at participating Evanston businesses. It actually caused me to follow downtown Evanston on Instagram after and just see like what else they're doing. I'm going to participate in the um, chocolate crawl next week. If there's chocolate involved. S'mores on the Square is happening again on Saturday, March 9th from 5 to 7. So if you're in for a night of conversation, warm fires, and a sweet treat, head on down to Fountain Square in downtown Evanston. But don't take it from me. Keegan, 13-year-old and avowed chocoholic, has a message for you. Really good, and you should come. To register for the next S'mores Night or the Chocolate Crawl on Thursday, head to downtownevanston.org slash downtown-events. For WNUR News, I'm Gabby Shell. The 66th annual Grammys ceremony was significant for many reasons. Some of them were great, like a Killer Mike sweep and the return of Tracy Chapman. However, some were controversial, like Travis Scott's 10th Grammys snub. Finally, we got to the rap category. I mean, who really cares about Taylor Swift winning another undeserved Grammy for another boring, uninspired album that everybody's pretending to like? Let's see what's up with best rap song. And the Grammy goes to scientists and engineers, Killer Mike. Hey, that's valid. I don't know. I thought Black Thought might win, but hey, Killer Mike and Andre 3000, 3K went crazy on that one. So that's a great take. I wonder who's going to win best rap performance. And the Grammy goes to scientists and engineers, Killer Mike. too bad this year okay okay man let's see who's about to win rap album of the year and the grammy goes to killer mike michael ain't no way killer mike just swept the grammys it's great that he's getting the recognition he deserves and the other two awards for him were valid but it's not the best rap album there i mean the album was great but utopia and heroes and villains were low-key better this all reminds me of that one Kendrick lyric. I think it was off Hood Politics. Critics wanna mention that they miss when hip hop was rapping. Mother if you did, the killer Mike could be platinum. This lyric perfectly sums up the hype around Atlanta rapper Killer Mike. One half of the rap duo run the jewels with Brooklyn producer and rapper LP. Killer Mike swept the rap Grammys at the 66th annual Grammy Awards hosted at the Crypto.com Arena in LA on February 4th. Unlike Killer Mike, who is excited about his wins, there's only one person, especially when it comes to rap, who can claim the title of being the unhappiest one at the Grammys. Travis Scott. When Killer Mike accepted his Best Rap Album Award over Scott's Utopia, which was one of the most streamed albums of 2023, 
Scott posted a single raised eyebrow emoji on Twitter, seemingly in response to the decision. Also, they had him perform after losing. Travis Scott had to go on stage after losing Best Rap Album. He called them out during his show where he performed My Eyes, I Know, and Fiend with Playboy Cardi, which are all amazing tracks from Utopia. At the end of the first verse on Fiend, Scott had this to say. He can be heard saying they slept on me 10 times, referring to how he has been nominated for 10 Grammys but has not received a single award. This Utopia snub is reminiscent of when Cardi B's Invasion of Privacy beats Travis Scott's Astral World at the 2019 Grammys and Scott was visibly upset. It was one of the most infamous Grammy Award rap snubs of the 2010s. In my opinion, Killer Mike definitely deserved Best Rap Performance and Best Rap Song, but that Best Rap Album Award should have definitely gone to either Travis Scott or Metro Boomin for his studio album, Heroes and Villains. One of the best parts of the ceremony was Jay-Z's acceptance speech for the Dr. Dre Global Impact Award, an award that highlights artists who have given back to their community beyond just music. We want y'all to get it right. We love y'all. We love y'all, we love y'all, we want y'all to get it right, at least get it close to right. I don't want to embarrass this young lady, but she has more Grammys than everyone and never won album of the year. So even by your own metrics, that doesn't work. Throughout the speech, Jay-Z talks about how Beyonce was snubbed and has won the most Grammy awards out of any artist, but has never won album of the year, and how the Grammys has always had issues with minimizing the role of black artists in the music industry. Despite being a massive rap fan and rapper myself, my favorite moment at this year's ceremony was Tracy Chapman and Luke Combs performing Fast Car. It was a beautiful rendition of the song, originally released by Chapman in 1988, and it was amazing seeing how touched Combs and the audience were by the performance. Hopefully you enjoyed this segment about the 66th annual Grammy ceremony. That's going to wrap it up for Arts and Entertainment today. For WNUR News, I'm Francesco Thorik Saboya. With Valentine's Day looming, students reveal their gripes with Northwestern's dating scene. Izzy Pareja has the story. Valentine's Day approaches, love is in the air on campus. Or is it? At a school like Northwestern, the dating scene seems to be somewhat of a contentious topic. How do you feel about the dating pool at Northwestern? Not good. Our faces, I know the radio people aren't going to see our faces, but we made some cringe faces in response to that question. Senior Jojo Holm and junior Abigail Sprinsky have had their fair share of experiences diving into dating at Northwestern and are likely not alone in feeling less than happy with their attempts to look for love on campus. Northwestern's inter-student marriage rate has remained shockingly low compared to other colleges throughout its history peaking at a measly 2.5% in 1979. Compared to the fact that about 28% of college graduates in the U.S. end up marrying someone who went to their same university, the Northwestern dating environment certainly does not guarantee success in developing lifelong partnerships. 
So do Northwestern students have high standards or are there elements of the environment that just add to the stress of dating? When it comes to like casually dating, I would say that I have low standards just because I don't like put a whole lot of weight into that. But um, I think that when it comes to like a long-term commitment, I would say I have high standards. I think that I do have kind of high standards. Um, I've never really been like the casual hookup person. And so I guess I'm generally always looking for something that's going to like turn into a relationship. And so because I have like the standard of just finding someone who I feel like I click with on a personality level and just feel like comfortable with them really easily, like that's not something that's like super easy to come by. It's also just like such a small school that I feel like the dating pool itself gets so convoluted with like friendships that it like I remember I was just really worried about like I don't know like if I like were to go on a date with this person does this like mess up my chance of being like friends with their friend group who I also think is cool and like it was a lot easier to just sort of like stick to friendships and not try to like bridge that weird gap. It's just really easy to find something that kind of turns us off whether it's like looks or personality i think as someone who has high standards it's hard to find someone who i feel like has what i'm looking for so what are northwestern students looking for holman sprinsky revealed their personal reasons for being attracted to someone ranging from very specific to broad traits they both share one ideal quality though and that is emphasis on personality Type-wise, I feel like it's always been really hard for me because I think I've like been with people who sort of like fit a whole lot of criteria. One part of it is like, I'm Jewish. And so there's this big idea in Judaism, your parents grill into you like, marry someone Jewish, keep the culture going. And so when I'm like looking for people to date, I am generally like interested in Jewish people because that's like a value to me. I think I've always said that I'm like personality based well overlooks. I thought a lot about what is my type and realizing that like that comes from personality makes it a whole lot harder to do sort of easy dating, like dating app stuff. It's like it's hard to get somebody's personality online. It's really important to me to be with someone who like makes me laugh. I just enjoy laughter and feeling happy and then also someone that like is intelligent and intellectual and likes having like pretty in-depth interesting conversations. As upperclassmen and veterans of the Northwestern dating scene, Holm and Sprinsky also share their tips for making the most out of the environment. I'm kind of pro just like being brave and like making the first move. I think I see like a lot of people, especially women, sort of shying away from the idea of making the first move, especially in such like a queer space as Northwestern. I just think that it's, it can be really powerful and like fun and exciting. Look outside of your social circle because even though Northwestern is small, there's no way you'll ever know anyone. And there are so many like different types of people and different social circles out there. Maybe the person who is right for you to be with isn't like in the clubs that you're in or at the parties that you're at, but maybe there's like a chance that you like run into someone at something totally random. For WNUR News, this is Izzy Perea. 
After a huge night for sports and music, Ilse von Heimberg has all of the highlights with this week's B-List. Welcome to the B-List, your weekly roundup of celebrity mess and pop culture. This week, the Super Bowl, Kelsey's Tantrum, Usher's Halftime Show, and Taylor Swift's Jet Drama. Taylor Swift is threatening legal action against a college student for tracking her carbon footprint. Jack Sweeney, a student at the University of Central Florida, tracks the private jets of celebrities, politicians, and important figures to estimate their emissions. Swift's legal team has called this stalking and harassment, even though Sweeney never discloses who specifically is on her planes, and all of his data is public. Sweeney was banned from Twitter in 2022 after tracking Elon Musk as well. Sorry for burying the lead here, but the biggest event of the past week was the Super Bowl. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the San Francisco 49ers 25-22 in overtime. The Chiefs have cemented their dynasty status with back-to-back wins and their third win in the past five years. One of the more dramatic moments of the night was when Travis Kelsey screamed in Chiefs head coach Andy Reid's face after he took him out of the first quarter, almost knocking him down in the process. The moment has garnered a lot of controversy on Twitter, with some people condemning Kelsey and others chalking it up to the heat of the moment. Usher performed at the Super Bowl last night, and it was crazy. There was a marching band, Vegas showgirls, roller skates, and I'm pretty sure I saw a dancer get launched into the air. He also brought out a ton of surprise guests, Alicia Keys, her, Lil Jon, Ludacris, and Jermaine Dupri, and Will I Am. There was intense speculation that Justin Bieber would make a surprise appearance, but fans were let down. Maybe next year. Beyonce announced her album Act 2 last night during a Verizon Super Bowl ad. The ad featured Beyonce repeatedly trying to break the internet and ends with her announcing, Okay, then ready, drop the new music. Act 2 is a country album and two singles have been released already, called Texas Hold'em and 16 Carriages. The album will drop on March 29th. And lastly, something super random. President Biden posted a photo to Instagram last night of his headshot with lasers photoshopped over his eyes. The caption, just like we drew it up, chiefs. The post pokes fun of a widespread conspiracy that the NFL is rigged in favor of certain teams. That's all for the B-List this week. Check in next Monday to hear about what happens this week in pop culture. For WNUR News, I'm Ilsa von Heimberg. Now for a brief look at the forecast. Overnight lows will dip into the high 20s in Evanston, but will return into the 30s and 40s over the next few days, with a high of 38 tomorrow and 44 on Wednesday. While the sun may be out right now, the same cannot be said over the next few days, with mostly cloudy and overcast projections. While these clouds may sometimes bring rain, we seem to be in the clear through Wednesday with no projected precipitation. Taking a look now into headlines in Evanston, Chicagoland, and across the nation and globe. Over the weekend, Northwestern hosted its annual ballroom dancing competition, which brought competitors from schools around the region. The competition featured dances from four distinct genres, from American smooth to international Latin. They also featured subset dances within these genres. The Skokie Fire Academy has overseen a few recent graduates out to prove that age is just a number. Husband and wife duo Mort and Karen Feldberg are 87 and 81, respectively. They underwent training involving CPR, breath control, and more. 
In graduating, Mort has set the academy record for the oldest graduate. This weekend also saw the tragic passing of acclaimed marathon runner Kelvin Kiptum and his coach Gervais Hakizimana. The 24-year-old Kenyan runner was a world record holder and winner of the Chicago Marathon. He was one of the sport's rising stars. On a brighter note, multiple celebrations have begun over the weekend around the world. Lunar New Year began this past Saturday, marking festivals and celebrations throughout the world. Additionally, Mardi Gras begins tomorrow, and weekend festivals have already begun in major cities like New Orleans and Rio de Janeiro. They'll continue as the event formally takes place tomorrow. That's all for WNUR News at 6 p.m. For more news updates and reports, follow us on X at WNUR News and Instagram at WNUR News 893. You can listen to these and other WNUR News stories on our website, WNURnews.org. That's WNURnews.org. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our producer today is Amelia Donhauser, and our reporters are Gabby Schell, Francesco Thorix-Abuaya, Izzy Perea, and Ilsa von Heimberg. I'm Gabe Shumway. Catch us on our next newscast, Wednesday, February 14th. And now, back to scheduled programming.